Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, all three major reporting agencies announced a change this week that will make most medical debt a non-factor in calculating your credit score moving forward. We'll take a closer look at what that means for you and for lenders. Also this morning, to your health, it is LP Little A Awareness Day. What is that? Well, it's a hereditary factor that could lead to early age heart disease and stroke that 20% of us have, and most don't know it. And if you're wondering how can I help, from our home front to the front lines, we have details on a local effort to offer support and relief to the people of Ukraine. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, March 24th, 2022. Observances and celebrations today. It is World Tuberculosis Day, also the International Day for Achievers. It is National Cheese Steak Day, National Chocolate Covered Raisins Day, and National Cocktail Day. So, there you go. For lunch, you can have a Philly cheese steak with a cocktail and chocolate covered raisins for dessert, and you are all covered. You've got it all covered there so it is one of the lingering it's just about the last lingering pandemic related restriction and now the ceos of the nation's largest airlines have sent a letter to president biden asking that the administration drop its federal mask mandate on airplanes and they are also asking for the elimination of the pre-departure COVID-19 testing requirement for international travelers, saying the requirements are, quote, no longer aligned with the realities of the current epidemiological environment, unquote. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention extended its mass transit mask mandate by 30 days earlier this month, so it will run now until mid-April, The letter from the airlines to the president cited the persistent and steady decline of hospitalization and death rates and also cited the plane's air filtration systems, the country's high level of immunity due to vaccines and prior infection, and the CDC's most recent guidance uh, that 99% of the population are now in areas where masks are no longer needed indoors. And so with all of that in mind, they say, let's get rid of the mask mandate on airplanes. Amen. I don't know if you've flown at all during the past couple of years, but it is a major headache to have to be masked up from the moment you walk in the doors at the airport until the moment that you walk out the doors at your destination. I mean, that can be hours upon hours, especially if you have a layover somewhere and you're stuck at a connecting airport for a while. I mean, it can be unbearable. And of course, the airlines are concerned that people aren't flying because of that and they need people in the air. Um, They also point out the UK, the European Union and Canada have recognized the that that masks and pre-flight COVID testing and such are no longer needed, and uh, they have lifted travel restrictions. The U.S. inconsistency 
in this area creates a competitive disadvantage for U.S. travel and tourism, they say. So they want it gone. Anyway, so other stories here among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This has been something that they have been saying has been coming for decades, and now a new male contraceptive is on the horizon. University of Minnesota researchers say that they have created a non-hormonal form of male birth control. Now, the pill for men. Now, they do say the research is only preliminary. They say it works by targeting how our bodies interact with vitamin A, which is known to be essential to fertility in not just humans, but all mammals. The hope is that their finding would be enough to induce long-lasting but reversible sterility with few side effects elsewhere in the body. They say the research looks promising so far in animal trials, but that clinical trials are the definitive test for the safety of any drug candidate. If things go according to plan, researchers say they hope to start early-stage clinical trials in humans by the later half of this year, the latter half of this year. So we'll see. Again, this is something they've been promising for decades. You get a pill, a birth control pill for men. To this point, it is not materialized, but that could be big news if it indeed is finally on the horizon. The Department of Energy, I thought this was really an uh, interesting story when I saw this on the news, uh, Newswire this morning. The Department of Energy is launching a battery manufacturing program in West Virginia. It is a $5 million investment that could, could turn West Virginia into a lithium, uh, the lithium cap- capital of the world. Uh, Energy Department Secretary Jennifer Granholm and a cohort of federal officials, including Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland, Holland is that how you pronounce it? Um, and Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia traveled to Charleston last week to announce that uh, to begin a pilot training program in Appalachia to create good-paying union jobs in a region that has been left behind by the dying coal industry. The goal, they say is to build out an independent national supply chain for batteries and minerals that will be essential to the renewable transition and to break U.S. dependence on China. I'm thinking, if they could turn West Virginia into the lithium capital of America, that would be huge. That would be huge. I mean, not just, obviously, the future renewable energy and and all of that but even today you think of all of the things that are powered by lithium ion batteries and if they can get the lithium and process that in west virginia um that could be a huge boon to that state's economy probably i would venture to say maybe even more so than coal ever was because that possibility in the future is uh, endless now uh that being said I also know that they are already, scientists are already working on alternative battery sources that could one day make lithium ion batteries obsolete. So you don't want to establish 
West Virginia as the lithium capital of the United States, if not North America, only to have lithium then become obsolete like coal is becoming today. But I mean, as of right now, that uh, that would be huge. They can get that off the ground. Uh, a couple of other uh, items among the first things you need to know this morning. Sad news to report. Stephen Wilhite uh, has died. Now, that's a name you probably don't know. He uh, passed away uh, about a week and a half ago, actually. We're just learning of this now. But he passed away a week and a half ago from COVID-related complications, according to his wife. Um, he uh, His claim to fame, he was 74 years old. His claim to fame... He was the creator, or he was the lead creator, of the graphics interchange format. Back in 1987, while working for CompuServe, the first major commercial online service provider, uh, Mr. Wilhite uh, created a looping animated image forca- uh, format for computers. And he named it the Graphics Interchange Format, or GIF for short. The inventor of the GIF, or the the GIF. There's been a over the years a huge debate over whether it's pronounced GIF or GIF, the uh, type of of uh, computer image that. And he said that it was supposed to be GIF. I mean, when he was the creator, I guess he would he would know. He pronounced it GIF. But I can't say GIF without thinking of the peanut butter. <laughs> so GIF to me is the online image. <laughs> GIF is a peanut butter. But anyway, um, he was uh, 74, and it is a uh, a sad passing to note. Certainly uh, had a great influence on modern technology and modern life. Stephen Wilhelm. Or Wilhite, I'm sorry, excuse me, Stephen Wilhite. And lastly, among the first things that you need to know this morning, speaking of the internet and uh, all things related to it, you know, we were talking about colonizing the moon in the near future, right? They've been talking about this for uh, several years, that we're going to return to the moon, maybe establish a permanent colony uh, on the moon. Well, if we do that, we're going to need Wi-Fi. <laughs> Going to need Wi-Fi up there. A new startup called Aquarian Space has plans to bring Wi-Fi to the moon. And they say they can do it in under two years. The company just received $650,000 in seed funding to deliver high-speed internet to the moon. And maybe one day even Mars. Funding came from California-based Draper Associates, the same venture capitalists who first invested in SpaceX. Aquarian Space is hoping to deploy its first lunar communications system. They call it SolNet by 2024. As missions to the moon and deep space are only expected to increase in the future, the startup company is hoping to get ahead of the curve. And you think about it, now we look at this and we kind of chuckle. (laughs) Wi-Fi on the moon. But if they can do it now... They'll have cornered the market when we actually get to the point where we need Wi-Fi on the moon. Because you know it's going to happen. If we're going to if we're going to colonize the moon, maybe even go to Mars, we're going to have to find a way to get the internet there. Because who would want to go and live on the moon if you can't 
tweet, you know? <laughs> um, Kelly Larson, the CEO of Aquarian Space, said in a statement, in 2021, there were 13 landers, orbiters, and rovers on or around the moon. By 2030, we'll have around 200, creating a multi-billion dollar lunar economy. But this can't happen without solid, reliable Earth-to-moon communications. In order to realize its vision, Solnet will utilize high-speed delivery satellite networks with speeds of up to 100 megabits per second. So, there you go. I'll tell you what. I, why didn't I think of that? It, somebody's going to get very, very rich. There you go. Some of the uh, first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, mostly cloudy today, a slight chance of a shower, a high of 52. Cloudy tonight, a chance of a shower, a low of 40. Flag City Honor Flight will be taking to the air again this year after having to pause flights for two years due to the pandemic. We're just really excited about getting back in the air and flying, so much so that we've decided to do three flights this year instead of two. Try to catch up a little bit. Bob Weinberg is president of Flag City Honor Flight, and he says veterans interested in making the trip should apply now. He says those that were scheduled to fly last year can be assured that they will be first on the list to fly this year. Get more details on the website. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine laid out goals for a potential second term and beyond during his State of the State speech on Wednesday. It was the governor's first State of the State since 2019, as the COVID pandemic canceled the previous two speeches. The governor spoke about the state's future economic growth centered around a planned $20 billion investment from Intel and his record on tax cuts, spending reductions, and job creation. The governor's up for re-election in November, but first must defeat three Republican challengers in the GOP primary. A central Ohio mom-to-be who is trapped in Ukraine was finally able to get on a train and out of the country. Alina Lehman was set to return to Columbus, but then the war began. Her friends here in Ohio raised enough money to get her help. Now, she had to leave her parents and her fiancé behind, but when she finally arrives here in the U.S., she will have better access to prenatal care. ONN's Yolanda Harris reporting. The University of Finley's College of Pharmacy will welcome Dr. Jerome Adams, the 20th Surgeon General of the United States, to campus on April 7th. Adams will speak at the university's second annual Health Equity I Can Make a Difference event, which is open to the public and will take place in Ritz Auditorium in Old Main. Get more on the website. Garner Trucking has been named the 2022 Best Fleets to Drive for overall winner in the Small Carrier Division, presented by the Truckload Carriers Association. This is the sixth consecutive year that Garner, which is headquartered in Finley, has been named a best fleet to drive for and the first year named as the best overall fleet to drive for. Get more on the recognition on the website. And get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, all three of the major credit reporting agencies, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, announced this week that they are changing their algorithm, their formula for calculating credit scores so that after July 1st, most medical debt will basically be a non-factor in your uh, consumer uh, credit score. 
And so to uh, help us understand some of the details here, we are joined by America's credit repairman, Paul Oster. He is uh, president of Better Qualified, which is a credit repair and credit management firm based in Eatontown, New Jersey. So, Paul, when you start to kind of dig down into the weeds on this new policy, there are some caveats that people need to know. This isn't going to necessarily wipe out all of the negative debt that people may have on their credit report, right? Exactly. So the bureaus have agreed to not report or continue to report medical collections that have paid um, and also not reporting medical collections that are less than five hundred dollars. The problem with that is, you know, you have about 43 million Americans that have some type of uh, medical collection on the reports. Uh, totaling uh, a whopping $88 billion uh, worth of uh, debt. So the average medical collection is about $500. So we're, we're going to wait and see, see how, what the percentage is of how many consumers actually have these uh, accounts deleted from the reports. Yeah. So, and that's really maybe the first uh, point here is that it is only paid collections that get wiped out. Unpaid medical debt that goes to collections is still a big ding on your credit. Um, but it's good that the that that which has been paid after going into collection uh, will disappear because just the word collection has been a, a big negative even after it's been paid off. Yeah, that you know a lot of consumers think that once they pay a collection, it's going to just come off of the credit report. The status will change uh, as to paid or settled for less than, but the damage was done when the account went into collections. Right. And you could easily lose 50 to 100 points off your credit score. But again, that certainly doesn't mean that you no longer have to worry about debt that you haven't paid because unpaid debt is still going to be uh, reported as it has been before. Correct. And listen, the the message should be very clear. This does not mean you do not have to pay your medical bills. You know, so the first thing that consumers need to do is actually Find out if they what's on their credit report. So go to annualcreditreport.com. That's the government's website where we can all get a free copy of our credit report. And if there are items that need to be addressed, late payments or collections or charge-offs, then you have to do so immediately. It does take time yeah. to try and you know straighten some things out. There is uh, again a kind of a caveat in that even because you are now going to get a year long grace period before that unpaid medical debt uh, even shows up. Now that's good in the sense that it gives you time to get it paid off before it becomes a problem, but. If it's not showing up on your credit report, uh, might be easy to overlook if you go and get a copy of your credit report to find out what you need to take care of. <laughs> that, that's right. So listen, if you're getting letters uh, from a medical billing company, uh, a, a, a hospital, an emergency room, whatever it may be, get in touch with the creditor immediately and get into a payment plan. And that will usually keep the account off of your credit report and from going into collections. As long as they're getting paid, I don't want to say they don't care, but it costs them money to report this to the credit bureaus. Mm. So if they're getting paid, they will have a tendency 
not to report the collection to the credit bureaus. I, that actually kind of leads to the question that I wanted to ask is whether this is a, sort of a reasonable compromise for all parties involved, because frankly, it is the risk of a black mark on one's credit rating that is leveraged to get some people to pay their bills. Some people would just ignore it otherwise. That's right. You know, the reality is that uh, unfortunately, medical costs have spiraled out of control. Um, but that's not always the fault of the doctor or the facility or, or whoever's, you know, that's submitting the bill. Um, so we're kind of stuck with what we got. Again, fortunately, if you do get involved in some type of payment program, Typically, the tendency is, is for the, that information not to get reported to the credit bureaus. Is there any risk at all for lenders? Uh, is this in any way going to lead to a less complete picture of a person's ability and propensity for paying their bills? No, the, the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and some other uh, you know data companies have actually done some studies, and it did show that um, medical collections are not indicative of somebody's, you know, ability or lack thereof to pay off their debts. And as far as propensity, those who uh, would tend to ignore medical debt probably ignore other debt as well. Correct. Correct. So this this really is a win-win for the consumer. You were mentioning earlier that for those who may have future uh, debt uh, that is paid off in collections, uh, they will be able to avoid uh, a hit to their credit score that could amount to 100 points uh, in some cases. This also, I understand, will be applied retroactively. So for consumers who have paid collections debt, uh, in the past that falls into this category, will they see the same type of immediate impact moving forward? Exactly. You know, so we hope, you know, the other, let, let's, you know, take a step back here. The credit bureaus have in the past, they've said certain things, but they've done kind of completely the opposite. So again, the responsibility here lies with consumers, get a copy of that report and make sure that that information is still not on the report. Yeah. And I would suspect that it should be a little easier to have that information deleted and removed um, moving forward. But that's not always the case either. The good news is under the CARES Act and, and because of the pandemic, we have up until April 20th and we can get a free copy of that credit report uh, every single, every week, every seven days. BC before COVID, it was once every 12 months. So take advantage of this time period right now. You could check your report every week if you wanted to. Yeah. So it, it is free and you will have the ability to do that. And uh, again, this new policy will take effect on July 1st. So between now and then uh, is the time to get busy on this. And the bottom line is sending debt to collections, medical or otherwise, uh, still is a bad thing, something you want to avoid, but a little bit less uh, of an egregious thing when it comes to medical debt, uh, especially with this new change in this formula. Uh, again, uh, Paul Oster is America's credit repair man. He is president of Better Qualified Credit Repair and Credit Management Firm. Uh, based in New Jersey. And uh, you mentioned the website where folks can get their uh, free credit report. You also have a website where folks can get more information and advice on managing uh, their credit wisely. Yeah, so our website is betterqualified.com. After you get a copy of your report, if you'd like a free credit analysis where we could look at the report Look for red flags of identity theft. Look for other accounts that might be causing some lower FICO scores. 
We will do that absolutely free. Uh, you know, for any of your listeners, remember your credit score is either going to cost or save you money every single day for all the things that we have to do when it comes to financing, insurance, you know, utilities, deposits, all of those things are directly tied to our credit score. We will link that up on our webpage. Paul, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. To your health this morning, today is LP Little A Awareness Day. What is that, you ask? Well, that's why we why we need an, an awareness day for this. Uh, it actually is short for high lipoprotein A. Uh, it is a an important genetic risk factor for premature heart disease and stroke. And in recent years, there has been an increase in early age heart disease and stroke. In fact, one in five people worldwide have this inherited condition and joining us this morning from the family heart foundation our founder and ceo katherine wileman and chief medical officer dr mary mcgowan katherine i understand you actually had a heart attack at the age of 39 uh, which is obviously much younger than we think of people being at risk for a heart attack and that one of the risk factors was this elevated lp little a that we mentioned Tell us uh, about that and, and how it all played a factor. Sure. So, lipoprotein little a is um, an inherited risk factor, um, but it is not part of the standard testing. Hmm. So, I was completely unaware that I had elevated lipoprotein little a. I Many people who have it also have... Um, high cholesterol that's genetically determined. So I was aware that I had high cholesterol and aware that I was at some risk, but really shocked um, when I had a heart attack at the age of 39 and had to advocate for myself to get proper care because I was fit and um, living a very active life. And, And so it really was a surprise and actually quite scary. I now know um, a lot about lipoprotein little a and the fact that I had had it since birth is what led to this early Mm. heart attack. Uh, Dr. McGowan, uh, as uh, Catherine was mentioning, it's not part of the standard battery of tests. So how do you, how and when do you measure for this or test for this and who should have this test and have this done? Yes. Thanks, Chris. So, Catherine is absolutely right. Uh, if um, lipoprotein little a is going to be measured, it, you have to either ask your doctor or your healthcare provider. Your healthcare provider has to recognize it as a potential risk. Um, we believe that everybody should have a lipoprotein little a measured and should have it measured early in life um, because, as Catherine said, it's a genetic lipoprotein that increases the risk of heart disease and stroke by causing plaque buildup in the artery, and increasing the risk of clotting. So everyone should know whether or not they have an elevated level, and they should know early in life. It's all the more important, however, if somebody has a family history of premature cardiovascular disease and stroke, but there's not a good reason um, for Mm -hmm. them to have had it, that they be screened. Um, and, And it 
It is a simple blood test. It measures your lipoprotein little a level. Um, it's easy to do. Uh, it just has to be ordered. And, uh, you know, statistically, uh, from what I understand, we're seeing more and more cases of heart disease and stroke in younger people. So does that uh, raise the alarm uh, for, for all of this? Yeah, if somebody has a early heart attack, um, we should be thinking of looking for other genetic drivers um, of, of cardiovascular risk. Yeah. Cardiac disease is the number one killer of adult Americans, and um, and so it should be on the forefront in, in somebody's mind um, who's taking care of that person with an early cardiovascular event. And as Catherine was mentioning, she was uh, very active and, uh, you know, uh, generally... Uh, in, in good health, doing all of the right things, it would seem, uh, staying active and such. Are there, because this is genetic, are there things that you can do to reduce the risk of premature heart, uh, heart disease and stroke? Yes, absolutely. The first thing is being having it measured, and if you're elevated, having your whole family measured, because this is a genetic disorder. 50% of a person's first-degree relatives will also have high LP little a. There are medications in clinical trials right now that we hope will prove safe and effective in lowering LP little a, but those are unlikely to be on the market for four or five years. Mm. So in the meantime, it is maintaining a heart-healthy lifestyle, exercise regularly, not smoking, uh, if you have high blood pressure, getting that under control, getting your blood sugar under control. And as Catherine mentioned, many people with high LP little a will also have a genetically high LDL cholesterol. So getting your cholesterol under control, those things, the healthy lifestyle and managing risk factors can substantially reduce the risk. They don't make it disappear entirely um, because the elevated LP little a level is a still a strong risk factor. Uh, real quickly, I know the uh, Family Heart Foundation is uh, working to address gaps uh, in care and, and raise awareness for this. You have a website where folks can learn more. Yes. Um, and March 24th, LP Little A Awareness Day worldwide, and we hope people will come to learn more at morefamiliesmorehearts.org, morefamiliesmorehearts.org. And the Family Heart Foundation is here for people. If they have more questions, they can go to our website and call us, and we will help them also individually. We'll link that up on our webpage as well. Ladies, thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks thank so much. You. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Now, we often make fun of the people in the Sunshine State of Florida because they are frequently featured in the broken news. But we also have to own up to the fact that Ohio often has more than our fair share of dumb people in the broken news as well. Uh, police uh, in Euclid are reminding residents only to use 911 for emergencies after a woman called to complain about her fast food order. <laughs> According to reports, a woman called 911 to say she had ordered eight pieces of chicken from the KFC restaurant, but only received four. <laughs> the dispatcher told the woman it was not a police matter. But an officer was still dispatched to inform the caller, caller in person that they should talk to the restaurant's management. <laughs> you would think that goes without saying, but I'm going to call 911. I'm going to. 
Police officials say calls of this nature can endanger the public by diverting police resources away from actual emergencies. But hey, you get four strips of chicken instead of eight at KFC. That, that's an emergency right there. Be very serious stuff. (laughs) Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, and that's not all um, with respect to broken news from the Buckeye State. Uh, um, A man in North Olmstead pulled off a much less than epic robbery the other day. He was ripping off a Starbucks on Monday. Surveillance video shows him pointing a gun at two cashiers as they remove uh, the cash registers, trays, and put the money inside of paper bags. But when Dominique Hullum tried to exit the store, the paper bags broke open due to the weight of the money. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, thief can be seen scrambling to put the money inside a white plastic bag that then also breaks as he tries to escape police. (laughs) It was was not uh, his day. Uh, police dash cam video shows the suspect running across the store's parking lot with a bag of money before being hit by a police car. <laughs> so he hits the money, the bag breaks, he tries to pick it up, put it in another bag, it breaks, and then he gets hit by a police car while he's trying to escape. Not a good day for that thief. Uh, Mr. Hollum was later arrested and charged with aggravated assault, and police say they might bring additional charges. Since he uh, didn't really actually get away with the money, it ended up uh, laying there on the uh, floor of the store. Can they can they charge him with robbery? Maybe attempted robbery. They can get him. I don't know. <laughs> that is a bad day right there. <clears throat> that is a bad day. Sometimes here again, uh, a story of a robbery that uh, kind of went a little sideways. Sometimes you just have to take what you can get. Police in Greenfield, Wisconsin, say a man broke into a Speedway uh, convenience store recently by breaking the glass front door with a crowbar. Security camera footage shows him trying to get to the cash register, but being unable to get through the bulletproof glass. (laughs) So instead, he takes a garbage bin and fills it with candy and five-hour energy drinks (laughs) and then leaves in his vehicle. (laughs) You take what you can get. Police say a half hour later, an alarm sounded at another nearby business, and both incidents, uh, they believe, have the same suspect. Well, he was hyped up on five-hour energy from the first robbery. That was... <laughs> By golly, I'm going to rob somewhere or something. I'm... Um, here's another uh, story of mistaken identity. We have these from time to time in the broken news. Police in Oldham, England, responded after getting a call about a tiger on the loose. In a local neighborhood, the concerned citizen reported the animal was resting on the grass uh, in the uh, in in a garden. When police arrived, they found it was just a stuffed animal. (laughs) Um, The uh, Facebook page, the uh, local police department notes that the tiger is now safely booked into property at the Oldham police station. They nicknamed nicknamed him Tony the Tiger. He was feeling great. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a one-legged man is behind bars for allegedly robbing a Tennessee home while armed with a hatchet. Now, this is something you don't see every day. Not not only is he one-legged armed with a hatchet, 
Got to be careful if you only have one leg. If you have a wooden leg, you got to be careful with a hatchet swinging that thing around. Uh, residents say the suspect assaulted uh, assaulted them and then stole their wallets before taking off with an accomplice. The accomplice was apprehended when their stolen car crashed shortly after the robbery. Surveillance footage caught the one-legged man fleeing the crash, <laughs> but he was picked up uh, on Monday. Uh, he now faces felony charges for vehicle theft and aggravated robbery with a weapon. So. <laughs> one-legged man. Can you imagine the 911 call? There's a one-legged man with a hatchet uh, ripped us off. Say what now? What was that? A one-legged man with a hatchet? Uh, there you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Your home for Cleveland Guardians baseball is WFIN. Reyes drives it high, deep to left, away, back in, gone to the home run porch. Oh, what a moonshot. Here a select schedule of spring training games, all leading up to the season opener on Thursday, April 7th. Your home of the Guardians is 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You know, it's 2022. This is the woke era. You might think that old-fashioned gender roles have fallen out of favor when coming it comes to dating expectations among singles, uh, especially young people today. But you would be wrong. A recent survey commissioned by the dating app Bumble found a serious romance gap, as they call it. Uh, which surrounds gender expectations and stereotypes. Uh, In this survey, 52% of the 2,000 participants said expectations based on their gender identity influence their dating life, leading them to behave in a way that feels inauthentic. And 51% said it makes dating more stressful. For example, females feel pressure to settle down before they get too old often compromising their own romantic desires in the interest of marrying a partner before they age out of society's good graces. Women also say they feel like they have to downplay their emotions in order to avoid coming off as clingy or desperate. How stereotypical is that? And they are also concerned about being judged for the uh, number of partners they have had in the past. Women also say they tend to help men meet their own set of gendered dating behaviors. 33% admit they alter their behavior on a date to make their male partners feel more powerful or at least more comfortable. And it's not just women either. uh, 27% of men say they feel pressured to conform to the expectation of taking the lead in relationships. Men also more likely than women to worry about feeling judged for having a lack of of experience in the bedroom. Bumble points out, as again, they call this the romance gap. They say none of this is good. Uh, it's not just women expected to hide their true feelings and adhere to outdated ideas of gender roles in a relationship. It, again, in describing this as a romance gap, they say it is confusing and debilitating for everyone and ultimately... It uh, stops both partners from making meaningful connections. 
So it is the question that everybody really has been asking for the past month today. It's the one-month anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We look at these images, we see the videos, and we want to help. How can I help? What can I do? It seems so far away in such a big uh, event, such large destruction and devastation affecting so many people that it can be kind of overwhelming. Well, uh, this morning we have details on a local effort to offer support and relief uh, to the people of Ukraine. We are joined in the studio by uh, Ken Cooper and John Larbus, uh, Buffalo Cartridge and Buffalo Trading Company, who have uh, launched into a uh, uh, an effort, a fundraising uh, and relief effort in coordination with Project Help Now. Ken, tell us a little bit about this uh, program. Here. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. So, it we really were just blessed uh, to be put in the path of of somebody who is doing immediate help right now. It's not something where, hey, I can donate some money and maybe I don't know if it's going to get where it's going. Yeah. This project help now is all designed around people can be as involved as they want. Um, and so if they if they go to one of our websites, they'll get a, a rundown on all this. You can donate items. You can set your business up to be a drop point for other people to drop off items. You can host or participate in packing parties to get the supplies ready to go over there. Uh, the amazing thing, and I'll tell you a little story about how all this started, is how fast the relief gets where it's going to immediately help people. Um, we are absolutely contributing to saving lives over there, and we feel blessed to be in this spot and bring the, the opportunity to the community. It started with a, a logistics company that we use to import some goods into the country. Mm-hmm. It's uh, DT Gruel is the name of the company, but they have a nonprofit because as they work around the world, they saw all these opportunities to help. So their nonprofit is called DT Care, and they're an absolutely phenomenal organization. They've got a gold transparency rating on GuideStar, so you can go check out nonprofits there. And the work they're doing in Bosnia and Panama and Lebanon and South Africa, it's, it's orphanages and schools and medical facilities helping people. Well, we just, we didn't even know they had that arm of their business. I yeah. mean, they were just moving goods for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to the CEO over there and he says, yeah, I'm working on this project to get stuff to Ukraine. I got an air freight shipment going out tonight. And I said, what kind of stuff? He said, oh, it's, you know, sanitation equipment for their uh, refugee camps, medical facilities, but they need gloves and medical gowns and all this stuff. I said, well, hey, I, might, I think I know a guy who can help. So I hang up the phone with him. I call Rich Kramer over at City Uniforms and Linen. Right. And he and Paul immediately get behind the project. Mm-hmm. Within 24 or 48 hours, we had 12 pallets of goods shipping out of Finley, Ohio, the City Uniforms uh, warehouse. Mm-hmm. We get it shipped over to Pittsburgh, where the nonprofit is based. And they immediately pair it up with MREs, uh, military-style meals. And they send this stuff on a plane to Poland and start distributing it to refugees. So from the time the first conversation happened to we were actually feeding and helping clean and and nourish what these fleeing women and children, it was less than seven days. Yeah. And it's continued on from there. And uh, John, when uh, when Ken brought this uh, to you and uh, said, you know, this is something we should get involved in. Obviously, you jump on board right away. Sure. You know, you know, you can't watch television right now and not have your heart just go out to these folks that have been displaced yeah uh, you know it, it's it's nuts i mean when you th- you think about it you know a month ago they were living life like we are right you know yeah. on a day-to-day basis and literally now you one see month the, ago right and you see the pictures of what's going on and and the excess i mean you know right now you, ukraine had you know started out with uh, 40 million people i think there's about 
four million exiles at this point mm-hmm. that have left. Um, obviously, Poland has probably been the largest yeah. recipient of this. You make the make the good point. I mean, it's obviously the images out of Ukraine are devastating, but now you've got this refugee crisis that uh, becomes an issue for Poland and for other nations in that. So this becomes a domino effect where so many countries uh, are involved. And, you know, this is also, you know, we compare this to American involvement in the Middle East and, and, and so on and so forth, and where we're protecting uh, American interests there. This is, in a larger sense, it's greater than that because this is a, a battle for freedom. I mean, this is. Absolutely. President Zelensky has, has framed it as that many times. <laughs> you know, that, you know, that, that, that is so true. And, and it's just, it's just a, an amazing thing that, uh, uh, or not amazing in the fact that it's so heart-wrenching that mm-hmm. uh, when you see these people have to separate from families, you yeah. know, where the men return back to fight and yeah. the rest of the families are left to, to go on. And, and that's pretty much what our efforts based around is, you know, the first humanitarian effort um, with some of the kits that we're putting together and, and sending out and, um, and then also the military aspect of what we're trying to do with the uh, first aid kits and things that are being used on the battlefield are basically the two main legs of what we're what we're dealing with right now. And uh, it's 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 very uh, it's 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 compelling to the. It's point an emotional thing too. Is. I would imagine it really to is. know that you are actually doing something that makes an immediate difference. Well, and look, so we're, we're obviously a, a Christian-based company uh, for anybody that knows us. And the conversation I have with the people a lot of times is they say, well, man, I feel like all I can do is pray. Yeah. And my response is usually, hey, I think the reason we're talking right now is because I think maybe God has answered your prayers. Mm. Yes, he moves the world, but yeah. he uses our hands and feet to do it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's such an opportunity to send, you know, John mentioned, there's first aid kits and personal hygiene kits are the two main things we're sending. Okay. So if somebody wants to drop those goods... It's on the website at Buffalo Cartridge or Buffalo Trading or Finley Auto Plus. Uh, we have a fourth drop location, which is uh, AAA on Tiffin Avenue. They volunteered to collect these goods as well. You hop on the website, you see what it is that's needed to build the first aid kits or the hygiene kits. You drop those goods off at one of those places. If that's all, if that's as far as you can or are willing to take it, that's great. God bless you. If you want to be more involved, you can volunteer to be part of one of the packout parties where we actually take all the items collected, we build the kits, we case them up. We get the pallets ready. Our companies are going to organize and pay for the freight to get them to Pittsburgh. And then the nonprofit gets them from Pittsburgh over to Poland or Romania or Ukraine, wherever they can get, because the situation on the ground is changing every day. Yeah. And that's where these people are so critical. They've got these logistical connections all over the world, and they can adapt and overcome every time an airport gets bombed and it's happening. Yeah. They can figure right. out, okay, what's option B, C, D? And the other uh, aspect of this is not only is the situation changing so rapidly, we also don't know how and when this ends. So you were saying this is kind of an open-ended thing moving forward yeah, while as long, the need still exists. That's right. As long as we're still able to do some good, we're going to try. Um, and for some folks that are listening, they might say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go down to my local Walmart or, or Rite Aid, and I'm going to pick up some goods, and I'm going to drop them off. And that's great. For other folks, um, if you're able to just hop on those websites, there's a link to the nonprofit. And one of the biggest needs they have right now is donations to help cover the air freight. It's mm-hmm. about $25,000 every time they send a plane over there fully loaded with the, with these goods. And so if you can donate $10, $20, every little bit helps to keep this project going. 
Uh, real quickly, uh, John, how great is it to see your fellow entrepreneurs, business owners oh. here in the community jump on board to support, help support this effort? Well, you know, it is, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, we've had, you know, with with City Laundry and some, and how it reached out to other areas, uh, other companies that have been able to get involved. And there's a way for everybody to get involved in yeah. this. Um, you know, and I, one of the things that I can talk to probably the most is, is just the churches so far that has got involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got three, uh, uh, three churches um, with uh, Bible Fellowship, Cornerstone Baptist, and the Maranatha Church um, who have already had pack-out parties and have put these kits together. And, That's awesome. Um, and uh, things that have been put together this um you know, last week and this week, I mean, are going to be arriving next week. You know, you know, to to their site. So it is a it truly is a real time opportunity to help the people who need it the most at at the time without having to wait. Because yeah, you know, we like we talked earlier. Typically, to get from where we are to where they are, you know, if if you go by the boat, you know, it can take up right. to a month. Yeah. Here, it's just a matter of days before these goods are being distributed. It's tremendous. From our home front to the front lines, Project Help Now. Again, uh, Ken Cooper and John Larbus from Buffalo Cartridge, Buffalo Trading Company. We've got a link up on our webpage at goodmornings.net if you want to learn more about this uh, effort and how you can help those uh, in need in Ukraine and around the region. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Once again, thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, we have more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show posted at our webpage. Check it out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow to wrap up the week and wrap up National Agriculture Week, Senator Sherrod Brown, who sits on the Senate Ag Committee, will join us to talk about work to address issues he views as most important to Ohio farmers. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and making it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.